I don't like having a boring desk. I tried surrounding myself with houseplants, but I didn't feel immersed enough in nature. So I built a little ecosystem right next to me. That way I could watch it the whole time while it evolved. I got this tank for free on Facebook Marketplace, as you do, and I decided it'd look better if I cut it in half. It was about time I put a tank on my computer desk, so I flipped it over and set it up for cutting some glass. The plan was just to take some cutting oil and a cutting tool, score a line along each of the faces, and then just pop the thing apart. So I flipped it over and I did the same thing on each side. But very early in the process, something went really wrong. I was slicing off the old silicone seal to get ready to take it apart, but because I'm an idiot I left the blade wedged between the brace and the wall here, and if you leave glass under this much tension you're not going to have a good time. I cracked the tank so it was basically ruined and I had to come up with a new plan. So I tapped the score lines to open them up and I could continue taking it apart, because if I had all the pieces separate I could use the glass from the top half of the tank to repair the broken pane from the bottom half. You'll see that in the end I could actually pop it apart with no problem, but of course it was broken. So I had to just spend the next two or three hours taking the whole thing apart piece by piece. Unfortunately this is just what you sign up for if you're trying to do something like this with no experience. Basically there was a lot of cleaning followed by siliconing the whole thing back together. However, when it was done it did actually look good. And because I used glass from the other side I was even able to get rid of the sealed up holes that the previous owner had left. So you could say it worked out better in the end anyway. I'd finished putting everything together and I didn't really know what I wanted the tank to look like so I just started playing around with some rocks. At first I had no ideas and no direction but figured out a few things as I was going along. For example, I quickly realised that having a slope in this cave was way more interesting than having something flat. And also, I'd be looking at the tank from three different sides, so if I was going to have a tall section, it would be best to have that against the back. Eventually I noticed that one of the rocks had roots growing through its crevices, so I just thought it was really cool and I wanted to design the whole scape around it. I partitioned off one of the corners and then snapped some branches off this piece of driftwood, because I wanted them to look like roots that were growing out of a raised land area and into the water. Then I wanted to create an island in the middle so I could see it from all three sides of the tank. I stacked some rocks again so they'd peak just above the waterline. And I also left some space in the middle of these rocks for another land area where I could grow some plants immersed. Hopefully it'd end up looking like a riverbed that's been carved out of a rocky landscape. I was finally happy with the design so I memorised the layout because unfortunately to move forward I'd have to remove everything from the tank. I needed to lay a bed of mud underneath the sand, but if I'd done that in the first place I wouldn't have been able to play around with the layout without mixing everything together. Anyway, I took some garden soil and sieved out the big pieces like the rocks and the twigs. And I poured all the juicy dirt into the tank. It's there to provide nutrients for the plants to grow, but also humic material for the bacteria to grow. Like the good kind of bacteria. Then I poured in some water and mixed it around so I could turn it into mud flattened it down to an even consistency. And then I sort of sculpted the bed of mud into the shape that I needed the scape to be. I wiped it off the glass so you wouldn't see it from the side, 
and then I covered it all in sand. I know it's a shallow tank, but it was about to get even more shallow because I wanted at least two inches of sand covering most of the bottom. That way there'd be a layer the oxygen couldn't reach, so I'd have some anaerobic bacteria completing the nitrogen cycle. This time I wedged a little rock between the bigger rocks to act as a sort of retaining wall for the land section. And I glued everything down, including the branches. I didn't make any changes to the island, but I did make sure it was high enough to be just over the waterline. And I did scatter some little rocks to help blend it into the landscape. I also sprinkled some darker sand for the same reason. I really liked the way the hardscape turned out, and all I had to do to get that natural look was to make sure the lines and grooves on the rocks ran along the same axes. I then filled the tank with water. I got a little heater and stuck it to the back corner so it was out of the way. And then I took some typically terrestrial plants and stuck them to the rock above the land section. Alright, so this is where I did something really stupid. It was time to put the aquatic plants in the substrate, and I bought them weeks ago so I'd have them to hand when I was ready. The problem is that it took a while to set everything up, and they had degraded quite a lot. So what you're basically watching here is me decorating my new tank with a bunch of dead plants. But the floating plants looked healthy at least. Optimistically, I positioned a desk lamp over the tank just for a little kick of extra light. It was looking a bit bleak, but I was hopeful, so I decided to wait and see if anything survived before buying new plants. So two weeks went by, and there was life in the tank, in the form of biofilm covering the surface, along with the floating plants. There was a tasty layer of algae covering all the rocks, but the shock of a new environment unfortunately killed off most of the already sad plants. I didn't need to remove them because they'd get broken down by the various organisms in the tank, but they were taking up the places I wanted to put new plants. This time I just found a guy online to give me plant trimmings that he'd otherwise be throwing away. But I have no idea what half of them are, and he did have quite a fancy tank with CO2 injection, so I'm expecting half of these to die as well. But hey, they're free. The land area was looking a bit naked, so I got another terrestrial plant and wedged it in there, as well as some more aquatic plants that I took from another tank. Finally, I put a little pump in the corner next to the heater just to distribute the heat because I didn't want any crazy temperature swings whenever I opened the window. It's looking alright, and I could put fish in it now, but I prefer to wait for things to look a bit more healthy and green rather than ugly and brown. The surface was covered in floaters, and you couldn't even tell the water was moving anymore. I had to break up the surface if I wanted to see anything, so I had these plastic rings 3D printed. They'd basically just be some little windows into the water. They were for me to see the fish, but more importantly for the plants below to get some light. And of course, I could feed the fish through them. All the plants survived except the weird one on the island, so I had to buy another one of these guys. This'll be my third attempt trying to grow something here, but third time's the charm. The land plants were losing leaves while adapting to the water. 
I just fed them back into the system to be recycled. The first guy was this Gourami that I took from another tank. He was expectedly timid and confused at first, but he had plenty of time alone to explore his new home. Here he is, just cautiously skulking around. The tank was full of microfauna. Ostracods, copepods, hydra, you name it, all over the glass, all over every surface. Some freshwater limpets must have hitched a ride on those free plants I got. And they were slowly multiplying. I also added a couple of these freshwater gobies who mostly hid under the rocks, but would occasionally come out to graze on them as well. It's best not to add too many fish at once, because you could easily upset the balance of things. So I left things alone for another month or so. A handful of guppies was just what the tank needed next. There was a lot of water lettuce on the surface, and they each have their own big root system, and I opted to remove most of them. It's all a balancing act, and with a dose of new swimmers, I wanted to open up some more swimming space. The gobies were more confident to come out now that there were some dither fish. I'd occasionally treat them to some chunks of spirulina algae. I'd even deliver it right to the doorstep, and they'd usually take an interest. but the guppies would usually come along and claim it for themselves. Mm. They're famously greedy little guys, so I'd feed them their very own bloodworms, and I trained them to come to the same feeding ring every time, just for fun. The females are big enough to push their way through and get even bigger. They were growing very quickly. I tried not to sprinkle food directly onto the gobies, because it was very easy to get them swarmed by everyone else. Any food that sank to the bottom would be best hoovered up by some Corydoras. So I added ten. And I left them alone to do their thing, which they happily did, all day, every day. The population of microfauna had basically been deleted by the fish, and the guppy mothers would just hover around the corner of the tank all day, waiting to be fed. When you fill a shallow tank with stem plants, it doesn't take long for them to pop up for some of that tasty carbon dioxide. I loved all the vibrant colours they brought to my desk, but I had to trim them back every now and then because I wanted an aquarium and not just a garden. With the nitrate cycle pretty much keeping the tank clean, all I have to do is remove some of the plant mass every now and then, which is sort of like emptying the recycling bin. You can see the Monsteras dropping its bigger leaves in favour of this new growth close to the water. Meanwhile, the Gobies and Coreys were keeping things clean as well. They comb the so-called riverbed all day in a little squad, helping to sift the waste through the sand so it'll later get taken care of by the bacteria under the surface. Between the gobies, the coreys, and the plants, the tank doesn't need any kind of mechanical filter. All I've got to do to keep it going is add food and remove plants. 
There was one Cory though who took a liking to one particular leaf. He'd usually break away from the team and do a little sunbathing in the middle of the day. I don't know why he does what he does, but he's adorable doing it. For hours he'd just sit in his hammock watching the world go by. After all, it was the best seat in the house to watch the guppies enjoy their mealtimes. The tank was finally looking like a colourful jungle, just the way I like it. It only took me replanting everything three times. The gobies felt safe all the time now and they just wandered around licking up biofilm. In fact, I don't think I've seen one hide in for a long time. One of them even moved in next door to the quarry. I spotted a baby fish just pecking some algae off one of the floating rings. At first there were just a few at a time, but then more than one mother gave birth. And the fry all lived in the forest of plant roots. But they'd always show themselves for food. Eventually they'll grow up and they'll need a new tank to live in. Because there's absolutely no way this one's going to support a thousand fish.